What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 67 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Smith. Ryan, how was your weekend, my friend? It was busy. I worked. I had a, a long shoot on uh, Saturday, so you know that was a, that ended up being a late night. But I had the pleasure. It was uh, um, the stream team that I that I or uh, that I'm a part of. Um, we, we celebrated our one year. We're doing like a tournament and like we had these trivia games and stuff like that. So I played that last night, got to relax at some point in time. I'm going to find time to take time off this week. I just haven't, I haven't worked out yet. But, uh, you know, other than that, oh, oh, also I did get some, uh, Pac-Man 99 in the highest I got to was 38. But that game is bonkers, it's and intense. I see why you said it's hard. It ain't easy, uh, but it's fun. It's a ton of fun. How was your weekend, brother? My weekend was good. Yeah, Pac-Man 99 is crazy intense. Crazy. Yes. There's so much madness going on. It's addicting, but yeah, I, I still stink at it. One day I'll get decent at it. My weekend was good. Uh, stayed indoors mostly because of the wind that's been going on out here all weekend. And for the record... Less than an hour before we were recording this episode, went to get my vaccine. So let it not be said that I am not dedicated to this show. Vaccine, back, record, let's go. <laughs> yes, nice. It's, it's exciting. But enough about us, of course. Uh, we've got a nice special guest on today, Neil Malvone uh, with College Sports Management Group. They've got a, a, a fantastic, the national championships are coming up this week weekend neil how are you doing how was your weekend it was great ryan lucas thanks for having me it's my pleasure to be here weekend was great you know we have an event coming up in the next few days so as you can imagine things are uh going fast and furious but uh anytime i could spend listening and talking to you guys is well worth it we really appreciate you coming on we're excited to talk about the event too it's ha you know first time it's happening a national championship uh it's gonna be awesome we're gonna get to that but first let's talk a little bit of video games and i'm not gonna lie i am i'm 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 trying to control myself with this one because destiny 2 they just uh released the fact that they are doing a um, a transmog system with the the upcoming season because this season's almost over and what that means basically is that it'll give people the ability to make and customize their guardian however they would like however um, you know there is they'll they'll be able to keep the stats that they have on it um, I, which is a fantastic idea. You know, you want to be able to do as much customization as you can. And I would love to see more of it in destiny Two. I just feel that this is not the right way to go about it because let me tell you now, there is a, a catch here. Um, you can essentially how they have it set up is that you basically kind of do these bounties and from the bounties, you get this new material. Ada one's coming back uh, to the tower. You take it over to her and she transforms it into a different material. And then you have to go to a loom and do something else. And it's like, that is too many steps. And then you can purchase the transmog. So that is a bit of a process. My issue with the whole thing though, is the fact that they set it up to where 
if you can only during a season, I believe it is um, like 10, you have 10 transmogs that you can, uh, uh, or 10 pieces of clothing that you can uh, uh, change and stuff like that. After that, you're capped out. However, for, for silver, some, some ducats, you can buy the ornaments or not the ornaments, but the, uh, uh, the transmogs and stuff and, and do, and, and then you, you can do it unlimited. Um, which to me, it instantly, it literally was like, okay, so it wasn't Activision. It was Bungie all along. What are you doing, Bungie? What are you doing? That is a, that is, again, I feel like it's putting, this monetization forward because you know, people are going to try to build out sets and stuff like that. They're only going to get capped out at 10 and then it's preying on people's what I feel a lack of patience uh, to be able to wait to the next season. The seasons are like three months long. Okay. And people grind, grind this stuff out. So, you know, you, they wouldn't even be able to earn anything, which means, Hey, I still want to do this. I guess I could spend a little more money, you know, this is a terrible trend. I don't like what this is. I love the fact that they're bringing that in. I don't think this that this is the right way. That's not how you do it. Like, make it available. Don't cap it for people that are just grinding out the resources. You know what I mean? Because you're basically putting a paywall to completely customize yourself out. And and I, I don't like paywalls like that. It, like, it, like mm, not, not on board with that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, not... Not a fan of paywalls either. Let, let me tell you something. And you know, I feel like I've just been scarred over the years as being like a gamer <laughs> on a budget. Like I don't have the money to like start throwing at things. And the thing is, mm-hmm. like once you start having systems like this, I can get myself into trouble, right? I'm like the gamer mm-hmm. that like I actually need to watch how much I'm spending on stuff because otherwise I'm going to fall. I'll call it victim to it. So like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Find a different way. Like I understand that that they need to figure out ways to keep monetizing games. Like I totally get that. It just seems like systems like this just prey upon the worst about the gaming industry that we're seeing. Yeah, and you know, I I don't know, man. Like they're already monetizing from the seasons. They have a whole Eververse, uh, the Eververse store. I remember that was a big thing when they first introduced that. Because again, it's just this, oh, pay money for these things, you know. So uh, I just feel like there's different ways that you can go about doing this, and I don't feel that uh, like the monetization should be attached to some like customization like this. Um, you know, I don't like that because now you're talking about, you know, because these these different uh, um, armor sets and things like that, they some of them have, you know, abilities that you can only find on that. Right. So, you know, maybe I, I, you know, I that's part of my main build. I'm definitely going to do that. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I just feel like this was um, really ill kind of thought out as far as with that. Neil, let me ask you um, in the sense of. I feel like in and clearly, you know, we know this video games and and things of this nature have been become more and more popular and they've always been popular. But now I feel like there's you see a lot of uh, corporations that are now investing in this sector and whatnot. 
Um, what do you what do you think? Do you feel that there's maybe like some balancing that that can be done on that side? Because we're still pretty early on, like early on. And I think people are still kind of trying to figure out how to operate in this sector. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Ryan. There's, a, there's an interesting balance that's coming, right? There's what we call endemic brands and non-endemic brands. Those endemic brands are familiar with the industry. So whether it's a HyperX or an iBuyPower that 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 knows the gaming community and, and can market their products to them. But now we're starting to see uh, brands coming from outside the gaming industry. Our event that's coming up this weekend, the Collegiate Esports National Championship, we have over 10 different partners involved in the event, including major household brands such as Barbasol, which everybody's familiar with, the U.S. Army National Guard, and even a, a company called Lenny's and Larry's Cookies, right? So we're starting to see that expansion. So yeah, I think there's going to be a leveling. There's going to be this more integration uh, between brands and, and gamers, especially. And then you have some brands that are starting to market themselves directly to the gamer, including a new Amsterdam mm -hmm. beer, which came out with a voodoo beer, and uh, and and that's specific to gamers. And then, of course, uh, Death Wish Coffee, right? Another brand mm -hmm. that that is focusing on the gamer consumer. So you're starting to see that mix of the traditional uh, brands. And these new brands that are now trying to connect to gamers. And why shouldn't they? It's a billion-dollar industry, and there's hundreds and thousands of, of gamers, new gamers coming every single day. You know, if I, if I can ask a, a follow-up to that, because I'm always interested, when you start getting these these brands coming to the gaming space, is there a balance that you're looking for so that, like, the the brands don't overwhelm the product. I mean, I think like, I think to like what's happening with YouTube, right? Like, like I think YouTube's been a less user-friendly experience with what they're doing with ads and all that kind of stuff. Like, is there a balance that you guys are trying to walk so that never tips too far in, in one way? You know, it's, that's an interesting question and, and, and it's hard, right? Cause that balance is very important. There's one side where the brands need to engage with the consumer, with the fan, with the viewer, so that they get value out of the sponsorship. But you also want to keep that balance where the people that are watching the event want to just watch the event. They don't want to be interrupted by videos. They don't want to be interrupted by stuff on their screen. And we see that in traditional sports, whether it's a commercial or it's these overlays now that they're doing a lot of uh, for commercials. We, we don't want to be bothered, right? We enjoy mm -hmm. watching our sporting events uh, without having something to interrupt us. But it's a business. We certainly understand that. And and you need the revenue from the sponsors in order to put on the event. So you have to find a happy medium. I think what we see in traditional sports, you'll see a lot of those elements come into gaming now and esports. And for us, a lot of the engagement is not even with the product. It's more on the social media side where we're mm -hmm. seeing a lot of engagement is outside the actual competition but whether it's social media posts influencers that are getting involved or just a, a, an engagement when the event is over uh that's what we're trying to do we we really want to keep the gaming element uh as clean and, and pure as possible yep no i agree i agree and we'll see how you know i mean it's only going to get bigger so uh, we'll see how things lay out. I'm hoping because I know there's a lot of people that were upset about uh, this, what they're doing with this transmog system. 
uh, with Destiny 2. So we'll see if they respond uh, to the community. Again, somebody had um, laid it out kind of like they're, you know, hopefully they're not setting up for two steps uh, two steps forward and then, you know, one step back. So maybe they, you know, curb it a little bit, but they still keep some of it in. Um, we'll see what they do because the internet, you know, we've seen them change. We've seen them make people make new movies. So, you know, there's, there's no telling, you know, what can happen there, but yeah, that one kind of hurt me a little bit though. I was just like, what are you doing, buddy? Like you got been making them right moves. Like, come on now. So we'll see. Lucas, you've got, uh, I know, uh, a franchise that you are excited about. Exactly. I I think that a lot of gamers were well aware that the Resident Evil Village demo started going live. And (laughs) I promptly forgot about it. So I actually didn't play it. But I watched some gameplay of it. And let me tell you, it looks freaky. It looks moody. And like... This is a franchise that that I think I've said in the past that like Resident Evil 4, I think is my favorite, 5 and 6, and then Resident Evil 7 (laughs) kind of brought it back to its like really horror roots, and it looks like that's continuing with Resident Evil Village, so I'm really excited and intrigued to see where they go from here, and it's nice to see Resident Evil really hit its stride again and as a side note resident evil 4 vr looks like that's gonna be insanely scary and that that is a game that will get me back into vr there's no way i could do that i <laughs> can see it now there's a I, I have trouble even playing playing horror games on the rig i couldn't imagine feeling like i'm in the game nope that is not for me <laughs> however this game looks really cool and i've said it before i've never really been big in the Resident Evil series. I've only played, I played like a little bit of one and it was for the Wii. Um, I might've been four. I think it was the one, I think I might've been, I think it was four. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've just never like, I'm not that, like I love horror movies, but I've never particularly liked or enjoyed horror games because I feel a little too close to the action. Uh, <laughs> however, though, I, like this is a game, though, I kind of want to, I, I mean, I, I might even check out because it seems like there, I mean, there's those horror elements. However, there's also a storyline here, and I didn't realize like how deep that storyline goes. So I definitely have some interest in, in doing that. And it, I mean, just from the gameplay and stuff like that, I was like, all right, this looks cool. This is something that, you know what I mean? Like, that I think I would enjoy in playing. Mm-hmm. Would I go out and seek and get it? Not necessarily. But if it's in like one of the subscriptions I have, yeah, yeah, we'll install it. We can do that. You know, like, so we'll, we'll, we'll see about this. I think this is, I'm excited for Resident Evil fans because it, it looks amazing. And, and I've heard nothing but, but really good things, I guess. Uh, from people that are fans of it, so will will install it means it it enters it enters the backlog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will install it will collect digital dust for eternity. So <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and I I didn't even think I, I forgot about the fact that uh, it was actually out to be able to demo it again i don't know that i would have i've been so busy playing outriders and i haven't really been playing a lot of destiny 2 outriders has been munching up 
my time. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still enjoying it, trying to get my build out and stuff like that. I am a little nervous, however, about the uh, end game stuff because I can see, like, basically, once you get all the legendaries and and all that end game, that is end game, basically. You know, yeah. you get the perfect build. You've got all the legendaries. Um, you know, so I'm curious to see what their next step is. Um, I feel like they might have. I don't know if they put out a roadmap again. This is my thing, though. Like they also said that they are um, not going to be a live service game. But I mean, right now it's shaping <laughs> out to be a live service game. So I don't know if they continue on that path or if they release like some sort of roadmap or something for what they have to come. But um, I mean, I'm still enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. I, you know, there's a ton of people. I have a ton of friends on there that are playing it as well. So like there's an overabundance of people to be able to play with, uh, at least on my end. I know other people are experiencing, um, you know, where they're, they, they don't have any else to play with and they're trying to queue up and things like that. But the servers have settled down. There's still, uh, they could be a little bit. And I've got a buddy, uh, my buddy Kenobi, uh, he said he has not been able to play since the Saturday of launch. He got it on Xbox, uh, the series X, and uh, yeah, he said it won't boot up anymore. So I, I was like, man, I was like, that is that would be so frustrating. So it's definitely had a rocky launch. There's definitely positives to it, but again, with anything else, especially a big IP, you're gonna have issues and stuff like that. Really, it's it's you know putting out those fires and then seeing what their next moves are uh, here in the next few months. So. We'll see about that. But uh, you know what? Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and uh, speak with Neil here on the back end. We'll be right back, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to that short message. And now comes the fun part of the episode. And Neil, CSMG is like, I find this whole this whole world fascinating. So, so let me start. How did you get started with them? And if you could just kind of talk about especially the event coming up this weekend, and, and I'm sure that must have been a Herculean task to get this all together. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, Ryan Lucas, again, pleasure to be here. It has been an amazing task. And and people ask, how do we get into this? And it was probably about two and a half, three years ago that we focused our, our company's energies towards esports uh, in addition to our traditional sports side. So when we started our company, CSMG, six years ago, my partners, Michael Shrek and Ray Katz and I, we were traditional sports people. We came from traditional sports. We worked in it all our lives. And a couple of years later, we realized that esports was coming. It was coming hard. It was coming fast, especially on the college scene. And so for us, it was really important for us to transition into uh, esports on the collegiate level. And since then, we've really been focusing on different areas to help grow the collegiate esports space. 
and we've been pretty uh, we've been pretty excited and and we really enjoy what we're doing. You know, it, it seems like esports has been a bit of like the wild west uh, in past years, and and when <laughs> like everybody's trying to figure everything out. So when you're trying to get something as complicated as dealing with a bunch of universities across the country, mm. what needs to happen to have like a baseline, uh, like a standard for colleges across the country? Yeah, that's a great question. For us, what we thought was the best way to start was to make relationships with the governing bodies. And when I say governing bodies, I mean the true collegiate governing bodies. The ECAC is the is a governing body for four-year schools. They've been in existence for over 80 years. They've been managing traditional sport events for that long, giving out titles, giving out championships, giving out awards. And so when they decided they wanted to start an eSports an e program, it just made sense that colleges would uh, would follow and, and be under the umbrella of the ECAC because of that governing body relationship. Well, the same thing happened at the two-year level. Junior colleges uh, were under the auspice of the National Junior College Athletic Association, the NJCAA, and they started their own eSports division also, the NJCAAE. And mm -hmm. when you have those governing bodies behind you, you're right. There is a Wild West aspect, but with those governing bodies, that kind of takes a little bit of the Wild West away. And if I'm a school and I'm an athletic director or I'm a, an administrator and I'm looking to join an, a, a, a place where I know the governing body, I know they've been around for 80 plus years, I know them from traditional sports. It's a lot easier to make that decision and join with them. So nothing against the NACES of the world, the EGFs, the CSLs, because they're great organizations in their own right. But nobody can really say they're governing bodies because the only true governing bodies are the ECAC and the NJCAAE because they have 80 years behind them to back that up. So what what? It, like so what made you want to then tradition or uh, transition from, you know, working just in, in uh, uh, traditional sports to esports and, and video games? Well, it wasn't a want. It was a need, right? There was a need. Mm -hmm. There were schools that needed uh, assistance in driving revenue, whether it was through sponsorship or through media relations or through licensing. So our company was built on finding answers to those kind of questions and satisfying or, or helping with those needs. And that, that was very important to us. So when we were listening to our members and our clients and, and, and our customers say to us, well, we want to start an esports program, but we don't know how. Well, we, we have an esports program, but we need computers and we need PCs and we need uh, head, uh, headsets and we, and we need these other aspects. For us, it was an easy transition because we were already doing that on the traditional sports side. And so using that model, we, we felt it was the right time for us to get involved in esports to help, to help drive revenue, to help create events that people would want to be part of, including the CNC, so that they could feel that that esports was on equal footing to traditional sports. And you guys have, and we we talked about it, and this is super exciting because this is the first time uh, it's the call uh, the collegiate esports national championship. So it's everybody, you know what I mean? Four years colleges, also as uh, the junior. Uh, uh, championship is also happening at the same time during the four day event. It starts April 29th uh, through May 2nd. 
tell us a little bit about what's going to what's going to happen. What are the main things for the event? Or is there any kind of uh, extra events and stuff like that happening? Lay it on on us. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. So CNC was 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 born again from this need. Right there was. There were too many people out there saying, we're the champions. We won this competition. We won mm-hmm. that competition, right? We're the champion of this association. And we we looked around and said, well, wait a minute. How could everybody be a champion? And so we decided <laughs> we wanted to do is to bring everybody under one umbrella. And because we operate outside of all those associations, it made it easy for us to say, come and play in our tournament. And that's what we did. And, and that's what's been exciting about it. And so we have traditional sports schools from the Big Ten, from the ACC. Mm-hmm. We have traditional uh, sport uh, conferences like the Big Sky and the MEAC, all participating in play-in events to qualify for the tournament. We have the champions from EGF. We have champions from NACE. We have champions from CSL. And we have traditional powerhouse schools like Northwood and Akron and UT Dallas all participating. So at the end of this event, when somebody says they're national champions, this is one time where you could actually say you are the national champions because you've beaten every good program in one specific tournament. So so that's what's very exciting to us. Uh, and so across three different gaming titles, Overwatch, Super Smash, and Rocket League, we brought in 16 of the top schools for, for each of those three titles. What we did, guys, is we also broke it down into brackets. So very similar to what the NCAA does, we took those 16 teams, we divided them into two brackets of eight, which you can see uh, on the screen here, and we and we gave them seeds from one to eight. And we did a selection show, again, very similar to the NCAA tournament, where you know each team was given one through eight, their position on the bracket, who their competitors are going to be, who who, who they have to beat to get to the finals. And we're going to have some fun with that. And in fact, again, similar to the NCAA, we have a bracket challenge where you can go online and you could figure out and, and choose which powerhouse team you think is going to win the entire bracket. So we're doing that. That's going to take place starting Thursday, 3 o'clock Eastern and going all the way to Sunday night. Sometime around 6 p.m. We'll, 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 we'll have our champions in those three titles. That's in the four-year schools. As you mentioned, Ryan, we're also having six or seven different gaming titles on the junior college level. And those seven gaming titles include another 25 to 30 schools, again, participating over these four days to win national championships in the um, in the junior college. We also are partners with the High School Esports League, and they'll be hosting an event on Saturday, not a national championship, but just another event so that people can see this pipeline from high school to junior college to four-year school is something that we're very proud of with our relationships. Uh, in addition uh, to, the, to all of that, uh, we're giving out $60,000 in scholarships across the platforms, and, and each participating school is going to get some type of scholarship. Right? We thought it was important that it's not a winner-take-all competition, that, that every school who participates in CNC will get some type of scholarship money, and they can use that for registration fees. They could use that to recruit. They can use that for upgrading their equipment, whatever it may be. But we thought it was important that everybody get a little share of the pie as opposed to giving it to one school or one or two schools. Uh, 
you, you asked about other things going on and guys, I could talk about this all night, but what we're also doing <laughs> is uh, we're, we're having the first international showcase event with four schools from Italy competing against four schools in the United States in an exhibition showcase for Rocket League. But again, very right. exciting for us to add an international flavor with, again, the, the, the ultimate goal is to start using that platform to help recruit students from Italy to come and play and go to school here in the United States through scholarship programs and grants, et cetera. And then hopefully that will expand across Europe and into Asia. But why not? Right. We see that in traditional sports. There are international players littered across every college team's roster, whether it's soccer, basketball, football. So why not do the same thing in esports? So we're excited about that. We're also partners with the KYAO Cancer Fund and our finals on Saturday, the NJCAAE FIFA and NBA 2K finals will be benefiting the KYAO Cancer Fund, which was uh, was created uh, by legendary coach KYAO at NC State. And uh, it's to help, you know, raise money and funding to help women with cancer issues and medical concerns. So we're very proud to be partners with them. And uh, and lastly, uh, we have a, a great Madden matchup with our, uh, our NFL alumni partners going up against some uh, some military uh, people from the U.S. Army National Guard. And so when you take all these things into account, we're also doing some panels with the uh, Collegiate Esports Expo, Expo team. Uh, so we're doing panels on Thursday and Friday. So when you add all this up, uh, starting around 12 o'clock Thursday, all the way until Sunday at 6 p.m. or so, we're just going to have a lot of fun, a lot of different things for all different levels of gamers, whether you're uh, an experienced gamer or somebody that's just trying to see what it's all about. There's going to be something for everybody at the CNC. And this is so so there's going to be in-person events. There's also digital events happening as well. well it's all it's all it's all virtual, guys, because it's of, all virtual. of COVID. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. we were going to be in Raleigh. But due to the pandemic and and the inability for the fans to be there, we transitioned this. So it's all virtual starting on uh, on Thursday, like I said, uh, across our Twitch channel. Esports U Network is our Twitch channel. And we also have a partnership with Esports Television, ESTV. And so all the finals on Sunday will be broadcast on ESTV. So if you have Samsung or Roku, you have access to ESTV and you can watch the matches there as well. Nice. That sounds like a blast. It, it sounds like yeah. a total blast this weekend. It's, yeah, it's a lot of fun, guys. We have a uh, Paulie Hype. Paul Santoro is our shoutcaster. He's really gotten into it. Uh, we, we've had a lot of fun on social media. As I mentioned, 10 plus brands are sponsoring the event. So overall, it's been a lot of work. But the one thing that we uh, we stress to our team is to make it fun. I mm -hmm. think we've had a lot of fun, and I think our fans and and the viewers are going to have a lot of fun watching it as well. You know, you you touched on something that uh, I'm I'm really curious about when you were talking about uh, the pipeline from high school into college esports. What work needs to be done? Like, I feel like that's an area that's just starting to develop, but there's always that temptation, like in any sport league, like they they just want to go quote pro as soon as possible. Like, how do you establish? 
that clear pipeline from high school into college and establish the value that those athletes are getting? Yeah. So, so Lucas, it's another really good question. I don't know. You guys must've studied up or uh, you're just really <laughs> smart because these questions are off the charts, but, but the reality is, is that it's really an education process, right? And a program like yours is a perfect way to, to educate the community and the public about what esports really is. Of course, there's professional gaming teams and clubs and leagues, and and we all love to watch those players. But let's be honest, right? Similar to professional baseball, basketball, football, whatever, it's really hard to make a professional team. Yep. And so mm-hmm. what we have to acknowledge is that there are other pathways. And high schools are now starting to offer esports and clubs and leagues and tournaments through the HSCL then you have the junior college. Not every student is, is geared for four-year schools right out of high school. So why not start at the two-year school, get their footing, figure out what it's all about, and then head over to a four-year school after that. And so that pipeline is really important. But the focus is not just on competition. The focus is on education mm-hmm. and the focus is on community, the socialization, right? Not too long ago, if you were a gamer, you were sitting in your room in the dark right? Your parents didn't even know what you were doing. But now, right, you guys are laughing because I'm probably described both of you at some point, right? But now, right, gaming is out in the public's eye. And and I think that's really important. And so when you see a gamer at a college walking on the campus with their game jersey on, right, that that means something. Their team jersey Mm -hmm. has the same weight as the as the football team jersey. And and you and you become recognizable. We we gave each team a, a game jersey, a CNC jersey as part of their entrance into the event. We want them wearing it. We want them to be social. We want the people to see what this is all about. And so that socialization is really important. And then the last part of the pipeline for us is the completion of the degree and then the placement into the industry, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's important that students and parents understand that there is a career to be made in gaming, whether it's doing podcasts and shows like what you guys are doing, or whether it's being the producer behind the scenes, or or it's a shoutcaster, marketing, promotions, event management, all of those things that we study in school can be translated into a career in esports. And so for us, that's truly what the pipeline is all about. High school, junior college, four-year college, preparation, completion, and placement and I think that's the message. And, and again, programs like yours, if the mainstream public starts to appreciate what esports is really all about, then there's no downside to it. And, and, that, and that's the positive steps that CNC is trying to bring to the table. We incorporated a lot of traditional sport elements for a reason, because mm-hmm. that's what people are familiar with. And right. so we want to take those non-gamers check this out, see what it's all about, and then say, wow, I didn't realize all of this. There's tremendous opportunities for my children. There's tremendous opportunities for my community. And that's what we're hoping to build. Yeah, and I think it's so important, too, you touched on just educating. There's so much educating that needs to be done because there's a lot that people don't realize. I mean, they are, you know, there's high school programs, college programs into professionals. So you're seeing it, you know, and and the schools are there, but there needs to be more educating on 
um, I guess on on an older generational side of things, uh, just to kind of understand what is happening right now, and that it is a very viable career choice, and they're young and they can get in early and formally do that stuff. We did have a conversation last week, and I'm I'm curious um what you what your thoughts are on we, we talked about how you know building character and 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 having a focus on these uh esport athletes you know and and you know just to just so that people get to know who the people are and start really focusing and, and being able to have favorites and things like that very much in in traditional sports um, we were wondering, you know, is there any place or do you guys have anything where, because a lot of these kids are young and it's their first time they're blowing up. There's millions of people on their every word and, and, you know, ready to criticize anything. Do you guys have, or is there like, what are your thoughts, I guess, on, on kind of like some sort of like media training, I would think like even starting from the the high school end of things and really having to, you know, cause it just, it's not easy to just go on camera or, or talk to people and, and this and that. So, you know, the tra- train people mess up all the time. Uh, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on that. Yo, Ryan, you're exactly right. How many athletes in traditional sports have tweeted or said something and they had to retract it the next day, you know, with the the common (laughs) phrase, if I offended anybody, I'm sorry, right? Well, the reason why you're Mm -hmm. saying this is because you offended somebody, right? And that that (laughs) happens all the time. And the younger we get, especially esports where, you know, gamers are starting at at seven, eight, nine years old, they're, they're engaged in social media at a much younger age than any other generation before. So, yeah, I think there is a media, social media training. Unfortunately, I think it starts in the home first. I think parents mm-hmm. have to take responsibility there. But ultimately, yes, as you go through high school, as you go through college, I teach uh, esports uh, business courses at Caldwell University in North Jersey, and one of the courses we teach is the social impact of esports. And one of those is the focus on the social media piece. So as we continue to educate, train the, the, the players and the gamers to be better, I think you'll start to see that happening. But, but I'm going to take it a step further, guys. We, we are aware in traditional sports, especially in college, of uh, this concept called um, – NIL, name, image, likeness, which is becoming a big part Mm -hmm. of the conversation. Can the players make money off of their name, image, and likeness? Well, we're starting to see that in esports. In fact, for CSMG and the CNC event, we have a few NIL initiatives out there where the gamers can go out, promote a product, and and get paid to do that. And Mm -hmm. in order to do that, you have to look at your social media history. If you have a history of saying inappropriate things or taking pictures of inappropriate things, no brand is going to want to be associated with you. So Mm -hmm. as the gamers are starting to grow and and expand, that that piece of it uh, from an NIL perspective means that you have to be better with your social media if you want brands to to ask you to promote their products in a tweet or an Instagram post or a YouTube video. No, that makes total sense. And, you know, as... As a journalist, that the, one of the most frustrating parts on the esports side, just to be totally honest, is like the closed off nature <laughs> that the world seems to have from their players. Like there, there isn't as much access uh, as you get in in other areas and other sports and that kind of stuff. Where is that balance? Like how much? 
a, a sport thrives on its stars. Let's be honest, right? The LeBrons, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. So how do you start pushing some of those personal stories to kind of, you know, the, the, to have their own one shining moment to quote the NCAA tournament that they do every every year? Yeah. So for us, that's part of CNC, right? For us, mm-hmm. it's starting that storyline. I mean, I know Akron and uh, and Northwood had a, a Rocket League match earlier this year, and fifty thousand people watched. But if you mm-hmm. ask those fifty thousand people who was playing in those in those competitions, right? They probably wouldn't be able to say that. But anybody mm-hmm. can tell you who's playing for the Yankees, uh, the Mets, the, the the Green Bay Packers, right? So it's a process. I think more live events will help mm-hmm. because I yeah. think part of that relationship is a face-to-face relationship, uh, or at least in some capacity. We don't all get to meet our favorite baseball or football players, but they do go do autograph shows. They do show up at different places. So – I think that's part of the growth that we have to see in esports. I think the other problem you have is the identity, right? A lot of the gamers or athletes, as I like to call them, they're they're hidden behind a a a, a nickname, right? right? A gaming tag, mm-hmm. and so you don't get to know the person that well. So what we did uh, during our selection show is we interviewed the coaches, we interviewed a few players, uh, so that you could get a better sense of the gamer behind the tag and the gamer behind the computer or the, or the PC. And mm-hmm. I think that was important for us as we continue to grow this out. But yeah, you're absolutely right. If esports wants to go mainstream, then you have to start to engage the personalities too. Uh, you, up on the screen here is an interview we did with the head of esports, Greg Adler at UT Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was during our Skins uh, Saturday selection show uh, powered by Barbasol. And you can see on the screen some of the brand's that we partnered with, Carolina Alehouse, Army National Guard, E-Team Sponsor, et cetera. That's really important because that's where the connection is going to eventually happen. Will we start to see commercials with gamers? Absolutely. Are we going to start yeah. to see interactions and signings and, and things like that? Absolutely, because that's just where it's going to go. So, Lucas, in answer to your question, yes, we have to get the gamers out from behind their systems but i think that's a process that's coming but just mm-hmm. like anything else it's going to take time I, I was gonna say i know i know obviously the pandemic threw everybody's plans up in the air but going forward where where do you see this going like once once you can have the national championships at in front of a live audience like where, where do you guys go next where do you pivot next after this weekend well listen for us it's not a pivot it's really a driving forward where mm-hmm. we we were going to be in raleigh this year uh, they had a Rainbow Six event there a couple of years ago. They reached out to us and were excited to have us there. And unfortunately, uh, the 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 governor's uh, restrictions weren't conducive for us to bring schools there. Uh, but for us, uh, you know, we're we're pivoting, pivoting, we're driving forward. Uh, next year, we want to be in a in a big venue. We want to have a big crowd. I mean, we all saw what happened at uh, Forest Hills a couple of years ago with the. Uh, with the tournament, uh, the Fortnite tournament that was uh, that was that was there, eighteen thousand people in an outdoor arena watching our mm. friend from Pennsylvania win the whole thing, right? At sixteen years old, so that concept nice. to us is 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 the driving force for this year because next year we want to be in a place like the Star or or down at Sophie uh, Arena down, out in LA. I mean, that's where that's where we envision this going next, and uh, with the good partnerships that we've created. 
we don't see why we uh, we couldn't do something like that next year. Awesome. Neil, again, tell us about this weekend, the, the coming events. We got four days laid on us. All right. So uh, kicking off April 29th, Thursday, around noontime with our first educational panel. Competition will start around 3.15. Each day we will have a pre, uh, pre-day or pre-game show, uh, you know, analyzing the, the matchups coming up. Each night we'll have a post-day or post-game event where we'll talk about what happened and look forward to the next day. That's going to take place for four days. 48 schools on the four-year side, 25-plus schools on the two-year side, a high school event, international event, charity events. I mean, we have it all going on. Check us out, Esports U Network on Twitch. Also, ESTV will be broadcasting uh, highlights and then going live for us on uh, Sunday. Uh, lots, lots happening. You can reach me on, on our website, uh, collegiatesmg.com, for additional information. We have social media all over the place, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you won't see me doing any dancing, though, guys, but you will see us on TikTok. Uh, so, you know, come out and find us. There's something for everybody. Uh, visit our shop. We I mentioned earlier we have a we have merchandise, a shop, cenc.com. You could buy the official uh, tournament jersey. We've also partnered with Trophy Smack. Uh, they were uh, uh, they became partners with Mark Cuban as a result of their appearance on Shark Tank, and they've created mm-hmm. some championship belts, championship rings, and some trophies for us. So check out the website; uh, you'll see some of our merchandise there. Uh, just a lot of good stuff happening. Uh, to me, this is the event, right? This is going to be the NCAA Final Four uh, tournament. This is yes. what people are going to look forward to year after year. We're kicking it off this year. Jo- you know, get on board now before uh, before you're falling behind everybody else. Absolutely, I'm super pumped. I love the fact that it is uh, uh, like a playoff bracket. Like the like it's so familiar, and that's such a fun time. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be tuning in, uh, tuning in, checking out all the events and stuff like that. I'm really excited. Check it out, guys. Uh, Lucas, what do you have going on this weekend, my friend? I mean, other than uh, checking out some of these events, right? I mean, this this probably is going to be it. <laughs> like, I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to have some snacks. I'm going to just kick back, take in some high level esport play and just marvel at everything. Like I'm I'm especially I'm you know, I'm a big Smash fan, so I'm probably mm-hmm. most excited for that. But I mean, Rocket League's just so gosh darn fun to watch on any it level. Really is. So that uh, I can't wait. What about yourself? Exactly. And you know, and, and there's that O Dub. Overwatch is my one of my favorites. So I'm excited to check out the Overwatch. But really everything and everything that the the event's gonna encompass. Uh there's a lot of educating and and things like that. I'm excited to check it out. I'm always curious, especially um, you know, with virtual events and how people, you know present them and put them on. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of really cool things you can do. So I'm excited to check it out. I'll be doing that. Yeah. Ryan, I apologize, but just to let you know that we partnered with a game productions. I mean, this is going to be a first class production. You're going to, it's going to look like an NFL football game with all of the different elements that we're bringing to the table. So uh, yeah, the, the production's a big part of this. We didn't want just people to watch a stream of players playing. We wanted to bring other Mm -hmm. things 
to the table. So I think you'll get some enjoyment out of that as well. Absolutely. We'll have, we'll, we'll definitely on the next episode, we'll uh, do a recap of the, of the weekend. So that's going to be awesome. Again, thank you so much, Neil. I'm going to be chilling. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for, for listening to this episode. We appreciate it. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week and you know what it is. We love your faces.